Okay, I'm going to open in prayer, and then uh, whoever jumps on, jumps on. Lord, we just want to thank you today again for uh, your wonderful grace, your love, your compassion that you showed on us, your long-suffering, Lord. We know, Lord, that uh, your, will, your will is that all men come to repentance, but we know that we have been given a a free will and that um, some will choose not to. Uh, and I always think of that hymn that we sing, uh, why was I made to hear why others starve, would rather starve than come. And it's so true, Lord. And thank you for giving us your grace. We praise you and thank you in Jesus' wonderful name. And just bless our time together. Amen. Amen. Okay, we are in chapter four. Uh, Jim, I'm picking up some background noise from you. Maybe you can uh, mute yourself unless you want to talk. Okay. 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 Uh, All right. Well, I tell you how we'll do this. We'll. Uh, I'll, I can start us off. I'll read uh, from verse 1 to, uh, let's see, there's a break after uh, verse, verse 12. And somebody can take 12 and finish reading then. Okay, starting off with the first verse. What then shall we say was granted by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his dues. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Just as David also speaks of the blessings of the one whom God counted righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. Is this blessing then only for the circumcised or also for the uncircumcised? For we say that faith was counted to Abraham in righteousness. How then was it counted to him? Was it before or after he had been circumcised? It was not after, but before he was circumcised. He received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. The purpose was to make him the father of all who believe without being circumcised so that righteousness would not count to them as well, would be counted to them as well. And to make him the father of the circumcised, who are not merely circumcised, but who also walk in the footsteps of the faith of our father Abraham and before he was circumcised. Uh, I'm picking up some background noise from somebody Maybe we can all mute. Maybe we can all mute. It might be you, John. Can you mute yourself? Yeah. Let me, I'll go off and come back on. Just keep reading. Okay, he's gone now. We got rid of our No. Am I picking up an echo? Maybe it's me. <laughs> Well, would somebody like to finish reading the uh, chapter? Mm -hmm. 
Can you for what verse? Can I mute We're chapter four. Which which verse? Thirteen. Uh, verse I didn't, thirteen. I, I didn't catch that, Ron. I was asking which verse. Verse 13. 13. Okay, thank you. Do you want me to read 13? <laughs> to the end of the chapter. To yeah. the end of the chapter. Okay. okay. If somebody can read from 13 to the end of the chapter. Okay. For the promise that he would be heir, the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise made of no effect because the law brings about wrath. For where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith that, of faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. For as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, even God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope in hope believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken so shall your descendants be and not being weak in faith he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of sarah's womb he did not waver at the promise of god through unbelief but was strengthened in faith giving glory to god and being fully convinced that what he had promised he was also able to perform and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us. It shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. Yeah, thank you, Ron. It's kind of a nice chapter. Yep. Uh, thank God for Abraham. Mm -hmm. The uh, Apostle Paul, when he wrote this epistle, he uses Abraham here as an example of how we are justified. And it's not by the works of the law, but by uh, faith. And... Uh, what I liked about this chapter, and I've always liked this, is the fact that it was counted unto Abraham for righteousness before he was circumcised. So his circumcision had nothing to do with his righteousness. Right. And, yeah. This is Al's favorite book, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I keep losing you, Irv. You do? Yeah, it keeps cut cutting out for some reason. Yeah, it seems like you're the one that's uh, breaking up. Maybe it's your your connection tonight. Yeah, I don't know why I would be breaking up. That's the same connection I always have. You're froze up again, so. Well, we can hear you, though. Can you hear us? Yeah, I keep, oh, it keeps blanking off. Why don't you jump off and jump back on again? Okay. Yeah, maybe it's just your connection. John seems to be doing pretty good there now. Yeah. Yeah, we were getting feedback from Jim, so I've got Jim oh. muted, but if he wants to say anything, he can just unmute. Yeah. We have so uh, we have uh, Spencer Les let's with us and it's first time i guess you're with us aren't you spencer yep finally made it yeah well that's good good to have you well anybody can jump in and talk about the scriptures if they want to here 
but I have always loved this chapter. You know, I, I, I'm amazed at how important believing is to God. Mm-hmm. You know, the Adam and Eve's sin that took us out of the garden was based on disbelief. They didn't believe they would die if they ate the forbidden fruit. They didn't believe it. They didn't believe God mm-hmm. that they would die if they ate of the apple. And so I can understand why believing is such a big deal to God. That that's the that's the bottom line of the relationship that we believe. If if we don't believe, then we're back in the same league as Adam and Eve. And with Satan, you know, I'm sure that before Satan fell, I'm sure that Satan fell because he did not believe uh, what he saw in God and what was apparent to him in his position. He didn't believe in what in the God that he saw in the God that he for a while served. And so I can understand why belief is such a big deal to God is an entry level item in our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's two things that I see here related to works. The first thing in chapter in uh, verse two, it says, if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of times we look at things and, you know, I did this or I did that. And God is the one who needs to be glorified. He is the one to whom we are to give glory. <clears throat> it's interesting to me in Leviticus, we see that one of the offerings is to uh, atone for the, uh, the damage that sin does. In other words, seeking God's glory for ourselves. And so when we talk about works, it's not works for me, but works to give glory to God. And then the second thing is, if we work, if, if we're a laborer here, it tells us, you know, we're, we're not working just to be working we're working expecting a reward and the reward then once again is god's reward because god made the provision the lord jesus christ provided salvation for us and so the gift is not i mean it's a gift as we read in ephesians 2 8 and 9 you know for by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is a gift of god not of works so when we talk about salvation we're talking about god's gift to me yeah yep yeah in fact the lord is the one that said uh this is the work of god that you believe you know yes. yeah yes. that's the only thing that's required of us and even that, our faith has been given to us by God as a gift, as yeah. you just read in Ephesians 2. Yep, we have nothing to boast about. And Ephesians 2, 8, 9, saved by faith, uh, that's the entry. Once we're in, once we believe, uh, we are in to the good works which he has before ordained that we should do. And so belief is the entry level and once we're in then we he does the good works that he ordained he does the good works through us Mm -hmm. but those good works are not for salvation those good works are part of the righteousness by faith Mm -hmm. it said you know that uh uh an evil man uh, is evil because of what he believes. And uh, uh, we have come believe in a righteous God and uh, trust him, which uh, allows us to be identified with him. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, so uh, it's wonderful to believe in, in, in the God of the universe. and. Uh, yeah. Uh, to be identified with him. Yeah. 
I just finished going through uh, some lessons, a hundred of them to be exact. Last week, I did them all in one week. Uh, they're only 15 minutes long, but they were by uh, Paul uh, Branson, who was a missionary over in Seagal, West Africa. And the title of the lessons were The Way of Righteousness. And he goes right from the beginning of Genesis all the way to the end of Revelation. And he shows how the way of righteousness is through Jesus Christ and him only. Uh, he was the one who fulfilled all the law. Uh, and he didn't come to abolish the law or the prophets, but to fulfill them. And he really brings out real clear how that is the only way of righteousness. So that's kind of what the title of it was. Very good lessons. I have all the lessons on my YouTube channel. All right. Thank you. Kind of tie things together here for a second. Um, Irv mentioned um, the works of God. And in uh, John's gospel, chapter 6, verse 29, it says, Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he has sent. Amen. So we see the work of God is to believe. And then we go over to verse 39 of John 6, and we see, And this is the Father's will, which has sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing but should raise it up again the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. So we see belief being tied to the works there. Yeah. Verse 4 is uh, an admonition, I believe, to us as well. It says, Paul is saying, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. I think that's an admonition to us as well. We see the darkness enveloping this world, and especially here in the United States, and uh, particularly here in the state of Oregon. And... Um, it says, you know, we must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. And um, we see the darkness trying to overtake the light and stamp out the light. And so we need to continue to bring forth the light. And the Lord Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Yes. That's very good. That's verse five. Yeah. Verse John nine. I'm sorry, it's John nine, verse five. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Nine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. John chapter nine, verse five. It's John. I read John chapter nine and verse four and five. I'll figure out where I'm at here in a minute. <laughs> the uh, verses in verse five, he justifies the ungodly. And uh, we are the ungodly, and he is the justifier. And then blessed in verse seven, blessed are those whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Yeah. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Uh, just wonderful verses. Yes. In fact, I was going to share those too. <laughs> yeah, those yeah. are very, they're blessings. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Paul really brings out in this chapter how 
it isn't only just the Jews, but it's the Gentiles also that uh, receive these same blessings. Uh, and God does not distinguish. Uh, he's impartial. And just reading verse 9, is this blessing then only for the circumcised or also for the uncircumcised? That's a question that he asks, but he answers it. For we say that faith was counted to Abraham as righteousness. But then he goes on and explains, as I said in the beginning, how we say that faith was counted to Abraham as righteousness. How then is it counted to him? Was it before or after he had been circumcised? Well, it was not after, but before he was circumcised. And that's why it can be applied to both the circumcised and the uncircumcised, the Jew and the Gentile. And to me, that if it wasn't for those verses, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> I wouldn't be, be on this discussion. <laughs> And verse 11 then tells us that circumcision is just a sign. Uh, it, it does not make you righteous. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, it's just a sign that you have, uh, as, as in that dispensation, turned to the Lord. Mm. Just like our baptism is, is a sign. Yeah. It doesn't actually save a person. Yeah. Verse 6 of uh, chapter 4, 6 says, Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom the Lord imputeth righteousness without works. And that's in Psalm 32. 32, 1 says, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, in whose spirit there is no guile. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's something that was known, I think, to the patriarchs as well. And it was passed on to the children of Israel and the kings. Mm -hmm. And we have the, the prophets in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You know that uh, during the time of the New Testament, uh, of course, they didn't have the written word because it was being written by the apostles and the apostle Paul. And Paul quotes the scriptures, which was the Old Testament, over and over and over again. This is one case where he quotes the Old Testament and how it all fits in with the new covenant and how all these things were promised by the prophets. And, and, you know, I see something very unique. We know that Paul was a Pharisee before he was, became a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ before the, the, in the, the revelation that he got of Christ on the road to Damascus. He studied the scriptures as a Pharisee, and he knew the Old Testament, but he wasn't applying the scripture uh, rightly until after his conversion. After his conversion, bingo, the light came on, and, and Paul, seeing all that he was studying in the Old Testament, how it all fits in with salvation by faith and faith alone before he was trying to work as well. I mean, he, he was probably a very good Pharisee. <laughs> I mean, he, he lived it. He thought he was really doing God's will. Amen. Yeah. Until uh, he saw the light. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, he, he had the best teachers, didn't he? He sat at the feet of Gamaliel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was uh, no finer teacher in the day. So no doubt he was well-versed in scripture. He had, uh, but he was a chosen vessel. Yes, he was. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, he commented that all is rubbish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's see what we can do with the last part of this chapter from 13 to the end. The part that uh, Ron read. One thing that uh, kind of jumped out at me when we were reading this in verse 13, for the promise of Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world. And this did not come through the law, but through the righteousness by faith. So what's the promise to be the heir? Who, who's the one that's promised to be the heir? I believe this is uh, referring to Christ. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. He was the seed of Abraham. Yep. One of the things that, um, <clears throat> you know, when we talk about the belief and the faith of Abraham, when we think of the birth of Isaac and how impossible it was in human terms that Abraham and Sarah should have a child yeah. and that he was the promised child and his faith was tried because he was, it was what, 10 years after he was promised a child before God allowed them to have a child, but then it was under impossible circumstances. Much as we see the birth of the Lord Jesus was also under impossible circumstances. Mm -hmm. Who would say that a virgin should conceive? Mm -hmm. And so we, we find that faith and belief, it usually is coupled with something that is unthinkable in human terms. Yeah. And then we see the cross and we cannot fathom, we cannot imagine what the Lord Jesus went through at the cross. And yet, he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And it was for me that he went to that cross. And it was for my sins. It wasn't for his sins. And so how unthinkable, how absolutely unhumanly thinkable is it that the Lord Jesus, who is the ruler, the one who created all things, the one who holds all things in sway should be the sacrifice for me. Yeah. Take it I like the cross reference for verse 13, heir of the world. My uh, Bible has a cross reference to uh, Genesis 17 verses 4 through 6 which read as this, but as for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abraham, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, I, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you, and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. Mm -hmm. God's mighty covenants. Heir of the world. Heir of the world. Yeah. You know, I always said that 
law and grace do not mix. It's like water and oil. You can't mix. And um, I remember when I first got out of the service, I went to work for a painting contractor and we sprayed some bathrooms in a school and we mixed paint. We mixed oil and water-based paint and it would break up on little pie. No, we did this and we'd spray the walls and it was like a, a fleck. It would make this crazy noise when you were spraying it and it left all these little blots on a wall. And then the last thing you do is put a coating of uh, clear over the top and uh, it kind of gave it a 3D effect, but you couldn't mix uh, the oil and the water-based paint together. So it would break up in little particles. And that's what this verse reminds me of. It says here, uh, for if it is the adherents of the law who are made uh, to be made heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. So it's, it's just something you cannot mix the law with grace. It's impossible. Either it's law or it's grace. It can't be both. Yeah. So trivia question. How many uh, nations did Abraham father? Well, <laughs> uh -huh. all right. well, there was 12 sons of Ishmael. There was 12 sons of uh, Isaac. So there's 24 right there. <laughs> yeah. You got to add six more for Keturah. <laughs> Say that again. You got to add six more for Keturah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, chapter 25, Genesis 25. So... Yeah, it's, he was quite prolific. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when he said yeah. many nations and his descendants would be as the stars of the heavens or the yeah. sands of the sea. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Do we have any record of what nations were established by the children of Keturah? Well, their names are listed here. The nations? And, uh, the nations no, the, name, the names the names are but the, you can tie some of them to nations like the Midian was Midianites and um, Zimron were the Zimrites and Amor uh, Amorites yeah mm. oh Keturah had some bad kids mm -mm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but Abraham sent them all away to the east he sent all the bad ones to the east yeah It always struck me as interesting that Ishmael and Isaac got back together for the funeral of Abraham, for the yes, burial of Abraham. Yeah. That's that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But it says the promise was not to Abraham or to his seed. The promise was to the Lord Jesus that he should be the heir of the world. Yeah. Verse 15 is um, is a, a very enlightening verse. I think it says, because the law worketh wrath, but where there is no law, there is no transgression. I had not known lust except the law said thou shalt not covet. And, uh, you know, the law is what points out our failures and the law is our schoolmaster to bring us to God to see our failings and what we need to come to God Amen. in faith yeah where it says those that do not have the law are a law to themselves yes yeah <clears throat> And the law is spiritual and we are carnal. Amen. And uh, 
to to live according to the law we cannot and uh it's an illusion to think you can and so our only hope is the promises of god and uh that is contrary to the law and god says he's going to do certain things and we're asked to trust him yep And 16 goes right on with that continuing to flow. It says that this is why it depends on faith in order that the promises may rest on the grace and be a guarantee to all his offspring, not only to the adherents of the law, but also to the one who shared the faith of Abraham. Um, and like I said, Christ is the only one that fulfilled the whole law. Amen. For us. Because <laughs> mm. we couldn't do it. No, we couldn't. No. And, uh, but uh, it's interesting that verse there that it's, for the for the Jew and to for uh, anyone else who shares in the faith of Abraham, yeah. and uh, so the encouragement for us is to believe God. Mm-hmm. Now we were talking about. Father Abraham being the father of many nations. But it also goes on and says this. uh, In the presence of God in whom he believed, who gave life to the dead and called into existence the things that do not exist. In hope, he believed again against hope and that he should become the father of many nations as he has been told so shall your offspring be uh you know and i and i really believe this the true sons of abraham are those that have put their faith in christ we'll see that in the latter part of the book of romans uh it not all Israel are Israel. <laughs> I mean, just because you're a Jew by name, that doesn't make you uh, a spiritual descendant of Abraham. Only flesh, and flesh profits nothing. You know. I was reading in Zechariah, um, at, at the toward the end of Zechariah, where uh, Jesus Jehovah says that um, He's going to bring all nations, which I assume includes the United States. He's going to bring all nations against Israel because of its iniquity, and most of Israel will be killed, but a remnant would survive and go into the millennium. Um, it it really uh, let's you know the nation the physical nation of Israel not born of faith not having faith because you know you go you go and you check the population of Israel and a very small percentage very small percentage maybe one fourth have any kind of belief in God the three fourths of Israel. Don't even honor God, believe God, believe the Bible. Um, It's amazing. They have all of these treasures, all of this heritage. And yet today, they still choose to not believe and to not um, walk in covenant with God. Amazing. Just amazing. Yeah. Well, it, 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 
you know, really the turning point was the rejection of Christ. Right. And uh, spiritual blindness just uh, came in onto them. Uh, even today, or Orthodox Jews, he'll, he'll do anything to avoid the idea that Christ is the Messiah, Jesus is the Messiah. And uh, so they live in, in, in utter darkness. And their morality is abominable. They have as much pornography and homosexuality in Israel as we have in New York City. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Tel Aviv is a, a, a big tourist area for homosexuals. Sad. Yeah. So sad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yet God did all those miracles to allow Israel to become a nation again. Amazing. Flat out amazing. But it, one of his promises is that in one day, the whole nation will be born again. Yeah. That, that'll be yeah. a big miracle. Yeah. Yeah, they will look unto one that they pierce. Yeah. What you were talking about before, Dan, when you said about Abraham being so old when he conceived, it says here, he did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body. You know, when he was looking at himself being 100 years old, uh, his faith did not get weak. His body might have been a little weak, but he still lived to be 175 years old even so i mean he lived 75 years after uh, isaac was born uh, which is amazing you know? yeah. but he staggered not at the promise of god through unbelief yes but was strong in faith what giving glory to god amen and, you know, you we, know, go ahead. There was a part that I read last week about where Abraham laughed. Yes. And it was not laughing of unbelief. He believed God and he was so overwhelmed with joy and he laughed yeah. with his laughter was a joyous laughter. We yeah. sometimes misinterpret that that verse. Or Sarah, that's what Isaac's name means, laughter. Because yeah. Sarah, too, just laughed at the idea. Sarah and, was the uh, one that laughed, yeah. Yeah, Sarah. And that's what Isaac's name means, I think, is laughter. Mm -hmm. But he did not stagger at the promises of God. You know, uh, he was looking at what God said, and he trusted God for what he said. Uh, and he wasn't looking at his abilities. Uh, you know, so he, he did not stagger that, uh, at God's promises. And uh, uh, all the works of God are, are actually by grace and through his promises. Yeah. What a sad thing that uh, verse 35 is, imp at least in my New King James Version, is mistranslated. Uh, the, New King the New King James Version in verse 30, 25 says, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. And that's not a correct translation. Instead of because of, he it was for, and he was raised for our justification, not because of our justification. Sounds like your dog is trying to get in uh, 
conversation, uh, John. <laughs> I don't. It's downstairs. I don't know if she's going to want to go outside again. Yeah, my translation uses the word for, uh, by the way, Ron. What version do you have? I have the ESV, yeah. the standard version. I right. really like this version. It's uh, real accurate, uh, and it's easy reading. Verse 21 goes on with uh, after 20. He staggered not, but he was fully persuaded that what he, God, had promised he was able also to perform. And, you know, that goes along with our faith, our belief. What do we believe? Do we believe that God is able to perform what he has promised? Yeah. And, you know, how often do I stagger at God's promises? Mm -hmm. Come on, you got to be kidding. And yeah. no, yeah. We got to believe that what God promises, he will also deliver. Mm. And it's not just salvation. It's everything that God shows us in his word. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes we have to say what that man said in the scriptures, Amen. Lord, I, I believe. Help, help my right. unbelief. Yeah. Yeah. But since he staggered not and he was fully persuaded, it says it was imputed. There's that word imputed again. Imputed to him for what? Righteousness. Righteousness. How can, as Job says, how can I be righteous with God? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was uh, one of the main arguments in the Reformation was, uh, the Catholics who believed you became actually righteous through the sacraments and then faith, uh, then you actually became righteous until you transgressed again. We as re reformers would believe that it will never become actually righteous, but we become imputed with Christ's righteousness. Right. He is our righteousness, yeah. And so that that debate still goes on. And first, uh, first Corinthians fifteen, you know, it says, uh, "I show you a mystery." In a, verse fifty-two, fifteen, fifty-two, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So it's there's a process that's going on, but when we are translated, there is a change that is made. When we leave this corrupt life, we come into the benefits of what Christ the true benefits of what Christ has done for us. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was, uh, let me see if I can find it once. Yeah, it was in Ephesians chapter one. Uh, I underlined all the places where it said, in Christ, in him, through Jesus Christ, in the beloved, uh, and it was for his purpose, in Christ, in him, his will, in Christ, in him. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of places that we cannot separate ourselves from Christ. Amen. It says that he became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. We receive his righteousness, not ours. Amen. It's all in Christ, all because of Christ. You can't, Amen. you can't divide it at all. Yeah. That's right. And as far as the perfection of Christ's righteousness, I, I, I really appreciate those who make the point 
that Peter made that Christ bore our sins in his body, his yeah. physical body. His spirit never was touched by sin. His sin, his spirit was never sin. Uh, our sins were born on his physical human body, yeah. and that body died as for the wages of sin, but Jesus never died. Yeah. His spirit went right to the Father. And um I just I I I really appreciate that point that his body, our sins were on his body, not on him, not on his Holy Spirit and his soul, but his spirit went un went, went untouched by sin um to the Father. But our sins were on that body of his, that precious body that bore our sins. Yeah, very good. It grieves me to hear Christians talk about Jesus dying. I mean, in those immediately he went to his father. Uh, he Peter tells us that he went below to uh, preach to the spirits in prison while you know, his body was in the grave. Um, you know, it, it, it grieves me when they talk about Jesus dying. His, Jesus never died. His body died. Yeah. yeah well, it says they believe he went to Abraham's bosom and and preached to them. And right. uh, re, some believe that that's where then they were uh Freed from Abraham's bosom and to heaven. I don't know how all that works, but yep, he was very much alive while his body laid in the grave. Yeah. <clears throat> it says in verse 23 here, it says, Now it was not written for his sake alone. And then we go to verse 24, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed. So these things that are written of Abraham, written before that which was written aforetime was written for our learning. And we see here that uh, Abraham's faith was not written for his, not only for his righteousness, but it was written for us to learn from as well. Mm -hmm. In verse 24, if we believe, on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, this coming. Uh, go ahead, John. Well, I was just going to say for those who uh, struggle with trying to be righteous. Uh, the, the peace that comes over you once you recognize that Christ has uh, done this great work for you uh, is, you know, it's really, it's wonderful. Mm. We'll get more into that if we, as we get into, you know, chapter seven of Romans. It kind of talks about the struggle that we have with our flesh. And there is a war going on between the spirit and the flesh. And our three enemies, the, the devil, the world, and the flesh. Um, I wanted to say that uh, this uh, coming Lord's Day, this Sunday, the kids got a play, or not a play, but a program uh, that they're going to put on. And I volunteered to read and do a reading. So I put together a paper on all the things on Christ's birth that was so unique that nobody ever was born the way Jesus Christ was. So many things that he accomplished at his birth. And the things that happened at his birth were just amazing. So. I'm not going to share that. I'm just saying that I noticed that going through that paper and I took some of the stuff from other writers besides myself. So I'm not that gifted. 
It was a miraculous birth. <laughs> well, we don't have, we got about five minutes here. So I think maybe uh, one of the brothers can kind of close in prayer unless somebody has something they wouldn't like to add. Uh, I know Spencer's just been listening. If Spencer's got anything to share or Jim, they can jump in and do it now. <laughs> I was, I was just thinking, um, kind of to wrap the whole chapter up, you know, it's really, um, poking or more than just poking, but really pushing against the Jews who, uh, really want to keep the law and the circumcision as a, as part of salvation and you know looking to the work that we do and then you know paul's like well no you go to abraham and he's this great man in your books but even he was counted righteous before he was circumcised which was their big thing it's like oh if you're not circumcised you know that's a that's a problem which I mean, in the law, it's true. If you weren't circumcised and you were Israelite, God said, you know, if you're not going to be circumcised, you're cut off. Like you're not part of the people. But then here, Paul's reminding them, it's like, no, you're saved by faith. And because of that, then God counts us as righteous. And I was thinking about, you know, well, later on, he talks about the works that follow salvation you know we shouldn't sin and it reminded me of matthew uh, 7 this has been on my mind quite a bit uh where it's in verse 21 not everyone that saith unto me lord lord shall enter into the kingdom of heaven but he that doeth the will of my father which is in heaven many will say to me in that day lord lord have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name have cast out devils demons and in thy name done many wonderful works and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity or uh, lawlessness, I think is the other alternate translation. And, you know, kind of what the, I was listening to something, he spoke on that. And what went in my mind is when Christ kind of said, uh, you know, no, you know, these people, what do they go to? They go to their work. Look what we did. What did we yeah. do in your name? Huh. And, you know, and here Paul, through by the Spirit leading him, emphasizes, no, it's belief in what God has set out for us. What is it? Well, we have to believe God, and that's our righteousness. Yeah. And when we, you know, when someone asks you, why are you saved or how are you saved or how do you know you're saved? It's never about our works. You know, we don't go to our works as our first defense. Our first defense should always be the finished work of Christ. And, you know, for the longest time in Matthew 7, I just thought it's like, oh, man, wouldn't that be unfortunate? You get to Christ and he says, uh, no, you're not mine. But it wasn't until just recently where it's like, oh, look what they go to. It's their works instead of going to Christ. So they never, like as Christ said, you know, I don't know you. And it's true. They never knew him because their first defense was look at our works instead of look at Christ. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, would one of the brothers maybe like to close in prayer? I can't hear. Okay. Okay. Lord, uh, we praise you uh, for this chapter in this book of Romans. Uh, and we just thank you uh, uh, that our salvation is a result of the promises of God and not ourselves. And, uh, uh, how wonderful it is to trust in you and and not to have to trust in in ourselves and 
we thank you for that. And we praise you uh, for going to Calvary for us, uh, for justifying the ungodly. And that's, that's what we are. But you died for us and you imputed your righteousness to us. And Lord, we just praise you for that. We just thank you for this night in your name. Amen. Amen. Amen.